Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Welcome to Restoration Life Online. It's such an honor and a privilege to have you all join us today. You know, last week we kicked off a new series entitled Passion Stories. And in this series, we want to look at all the miraculous things that took place on Good Friday, on Resurrection Sunday, and what happened after Jesus rose from the grave. Today, I want to look at a portion of scripture that we kicked off last week, talking about what happened inside of the temple in the most holy of holy places when Jesus gave up his spirit on the cross on that Good Friday. Matthew chapter 27, verse 45 starts reading this. It says, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge and he filled it with wine vinegar. He put it on a staff and he offered it to Jesus. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And this is what we started to look at last week. Verse 51. It says, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. What we taught last week in the Sunday service was that everything about the temple seemed to scream access denied. You were only allowed to come into the most holy place if you were the high priest, and it was only one time throughout the whole year on the Day of Atonement. Now, we learned last week that atonement literally means to be reconciled back to God. And we know through the sacrifice of Jesus that God reconciled us back to himself. And so when we started to look at this last week, we learned that because of Jesus, that there was access granted. Through all of history, access had been denied to only the high priest. But only through the blood of Jesus Christ do you and I now have full access to the very presence of God. And these are some of the great things that we learned about last week. Number one, a torn veil represented access to the king. Hebrews 10, 19 and 20 says, we have confidence to enter the most holy place. How? By the blood of Jesus by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And so the Bible teaches us that access to the very presence of God, to the freedom that God provides, to the power of his Holy Spirit was granted to you and I by the precious blood that was shed on that cross over 2,000 years ago. So all the whosoevers of this world would not perish but have everlasting life as long as they put their hope and their trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This was a miraculous thing that took place. Today I want to finish this message. And I want to talk to you about two other things that we learn from this portion of Scripture. I think it's pretty powerful. Why? Because I think when you and I understand what that meant back then, 
and what this means to us today, it gives us a hope for a new future, not just for us as individuals, but for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. The second thing that I want you to look at is not only was access granted, but because of access being granted, we have hope secured. Let me say that again. We have hope secured. So not only was the barrier and the access, the barrier broken and access granted, but the tearing of the curtain meant that our hope of eternal life had been secured on our behalf, not by just any human being, but by Jesus Christ himself. The Bible declares when the writer of Hebrews in chapter 6, verse 19 through 20 wrote, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become our high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now these verses declare to you and I that we have an anchor for our soul that cannot be moved. Now, I know that a lot of you know that I love to go fishing. A couple years back, I, I bought a boat um, that had engine problems and I restored it with some of my friends. And when I purchased this boat um, with this broken down engine, we rebuilt the engine, but I also needed a very vital part to this fishing boat. To this fishing boat, I'm sorry. It was the anchor. It was missing the anchor. Now, if, now if any of you have ever gone out in the ocean, you know that if you're on a boat, if you're going to go fishing, you need to anchor down to stay in the same spot, unless you have some of the new technology that's out there that's made available. But I bought an anchor, a really good anchor, to make sure that wherever we went and we wanted to go fishing or we wanted to go diving, that we can drop that anchor in the water. And we knew no matter how strong the current was, we knew that no matter how big the swells were, as long as that anchor went into a very secure place, we knew that we could jump off the boat, that we can dive throughout the rest of the day, and we'd be able to come back onto the boat. And we knew the boat was going to be there when we got there because it was anchored. Now, what I want you to learn from this illustration is this. Anchors have a simple job. To hold us in a very safe place, regardless of the swells, of the currents, or of any storm that may come in. But an anchor proves its worth when the sea or the wind threaten to move the boat from its place of security. Now, in order to hold that boat in place, the anchor has to be firmly lodged into a crevice or a rock, preferably, in order to keep us from moving when the currents come or when the wind hits. If it, if it falls on sand, it's, it's going to move. The boat's going to move and we're going to be in a lot of trouble. But we look for a place that we could anchor into a rock, something that will hold us stable regardless of what the conditions of the weather uh, feel like or seem like. Here's what I want you to know. Jesus is our anchor. And Jesus is the rock. 
And as long as we're anchored to the rock of our salvation, it doesn't matter when storms come. It doesn't matter when the wind blows. It doesn't matter how strong the current is. We know that we have a hope that is secured in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so Hebrews chapter 6 essentially says that our anchor is firm because it's lodged behind the curtain in the very presence of God. Did you guys catch that? The Bible not only says that Jesus was the curtain that was torn in two, that gave us full access to the very presence of God, but it also declares that Jesus is the anchor of our soul. Right, And it, not only are we anchored in Christ, but we are secured in Christ. In other words, when life hits us, when things come our way, we don't have to fret. We don't have to be afraid. We don't, why? Because we're immovable. We're immovable in our faith because our faith is anchored in Jesus. Our faith isn't anchored in any religiousness. Our faith isn't anchored in systems and structures. Our faith isn't anchored in some building. Our faith is anchored in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you may be here today, and you may be listening to this message, and you may be going through a very difficult time in your life right now. And maybe you find yourself being moved here and there by the storms of life. Maybe you find yourself being moved in your faith by your, anxi by your anxieties or your fears. But here's what I want, you to re I want to remind you of today. What I want to remind you of today is that as long as your faith and your salvation is anchored in Jesus, you're immovable. You're immovable. Not only are you immovable, but you cannot be removed. You see, I need you to hear me today. We have an anchor that's holding us together right now. And his hold on you won't let you go. His hold on your family won't let you go. His hold on your heart and on your mind it won't let you go. In fact, the reality is, is that we choose to let go. We choose to let out that anchor or to allow that anchor to be removed from our lives because of the things that we decide to do. You know, God's love for you and I has given us access to his mercy. It's given us access to his grace. It's given us access to his very presence. And that anchor is irremovable by the circumstances of this life. Jesus is our high priest. He's our high priest. And he made a way when there was no way we can make a way for ourselves. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus declared, I am that way. I am the truth and I am the life. So because God cannot be moved, we cannot be removed. Did you hear that? We're, removed. We're, 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 not, we're not movable as long as we're anchored in Christ. You know, there's an old song. Some of you guys may remember this. It's actually a song that was written in 1834. And it was a song um, that, that went like this. My hope is built on nothing less. Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. And the second verse 
takes its language from Hebrews chapter 6. It says, when darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. When Jesus granted us access to the very presence of God, what he granted us wasn't just access to the presence, but he also granted us an anchor in his presence. And the chorus declares the truth. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And I think that this is good news for everyone today. I think this is good news for everybody that's listening to my voice right now. Because we all struggle with some insecurities. And if we're just being honest today, I think we all struggle with past failures. And we all struggle with insufficiencies that maybe other people don't see, but maybe we see. Because we know ourselves better than anybody else. I want to remind you today that you and I have an anchor. We have an anchor for our soul. And that anchor is lodged in the very presence of God. And I love this about God. God said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. You know what that says to me? It says, I'm not letting you go. In fact, when we backslide in our relationship with, with God and we find ourselves living in ungodliness, the Bible declares that God is married to the backslider. Why? Because he won't let you go. He won't let us go. And even though we turn our back on Jesus from time to time, and even though we give into fear, even though we give into anxiety, maybe we might even give into past hurts. What I want to remind you of today, while you're going through all that stuff, don't ever forget that God is right there in the midst of the storm with you, and He is the anchor that's holding on to you. If Christ is the anchor of our soul, then I believe that this is truth, that we can find rest in all of his promises. I wonder why when Jesus was laying down in the boat with the disciples and the storm hit, and he was just chilling on the boat. He wasn't even afraid. Why? Because he knew, he knew where his anchor was. It wasn't on the boat. It wasn't in man. It, it wasn't in, 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 in the, the, the storm or the circumstances or the things that plagued them. It was in God the Father, through Christ the Son, empowered through God the Holy Spirit. And that anchor brought peace. I don't know who's watching today, and I don't know who may need to hear this right now, but maybe you're listening to my voice and you're in need of some peace right now. Because of all the stuff that's happening right now where people have lost jobs, have diminished hours, or are struggling in their faith, and and maybe, if we're just being honest, maybe your family's getting on your last nerve right now. I don't know. Is anybody's family just on their last nerve? Because I think sometimes, if we're just being honest, sometimes we can get on each other's nerves. I mean, if we're just keeping it real right now, the very people we love are usually the very people we have problems with. 
And maybe you're struggling at home. Maybe you're struggling with your marriage. Maybe you're struggling with your parenting. Maybe you're struggling, you know, with your mom or your dad. Or maybe you're just struggling navigating this quarantine. I want, I want you to know that as long as your faith is anchored in Jesus, the storm is going to pass. And you are going to be okay. You just need to hold on to Jesus as Jesus holds on to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You know what amen is? So be it. When God makes a promise, it's, it's an amen. It's so be it. It's going to happen. There's absolutely nothing that can remove any of the promises of God from our life. Our anchor can hold against any storm this pandemic, this life, or even Satan himself throws our way. God has given us access to himself through his son, Jesus. John 14, 6, the Bible says, Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is Jesus, the veil the curtain being torn in two that gave us full access to the very presence of God. Here is the gospel. Jesus pays the full price for our sin on the cross. He ransomed us back to himself, granting us full access to the Father by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So now, therefore, there is no condemnation to anyone who is in Christ Jesus. Through Jesus, the road to heaven is open to anyone, anytime, anywhere that would accept what Jesus Christ did on that cross and surrender to Jesus as King and Savior. In closing, I've asked the worship team to come up and, and help us out because, you know, over the last six weeks, We've been having church in your living room. But one of the things that I miss, and probably most of all, is the opportunity for us to come together as a church and respond to the message that we've heard. And I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're sitting at home right now. and Maybe you're listening to this message and maybe your hope is diminished. Maybe your anxiety is at an all-time high. Maybe... Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're fearful. Maybe you're going through something that I don't know. But, but I want you to know that our hope is anchored beyond the veil. How is all this made possible? It's my third and last point. So number one, a torn veil is access granted. Number two, access granted is hope secured. We have security in Christ. And lastly, let me just remind you that grace made a way. Grace made a way when there was no way. There was no way that you and I could ever go to God on our own behalf. There's no way that you and I could ever go to God on our own merit, on our own righteousness. The reality is, is that grace made a way through Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16 reads this. 
Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. Did you hear that? Some of you are being tempted right now. Some of you have gone through some temptation and you've fallen. Some of you know the things that tempt you are unbearable at times. But don't you thank God that we have a Savior who can empathize with our temptation. He was tempted in every way. I want you to think about that with me. Was he tempted with fear? Absolutely. Was he tempted with anxiety? Absolutely. Was he tempted with, with lust and, and lies and, 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 and covetousness and, and all these other things that you and I as human beings are tempted with? Absolutely. That's why the Bible says that he is able to empathize with you and I. And yet, he did not sin. Let us then, I love this, listen to what the Bible says. Let us then approach God's throne of grace. With what? With fear? No. With anxiety? No. With doubt? No. He says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I wonder if there's anybody out there that is listening to my voice right now that you're in a serious time of need. You're in need of healing. You're in need of restoration. You're in need of a miracle, financial breakthrough. You're in need right now of experiencing the very presence of God. And you know what I love about God? I love that through Jesus Christ, he gives us access. We don't have to go to a temple because we are the temple of the Most High God now. I think the cross reveals the heart of God. When Jesus died, the barrier was broken. Access was granted. Hope was anchored because grace made a way. It was God's way of saying, come home. It was God's way of saying, welcome home. The veil in the temple was a constant reminder that sin renders humanity unfit for the presence of God. But Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has removed every barrier between God and man. And now we have the ability, we have the privilege, we've been given access with confidence and boldness to take our request to God. The book of Hebrews preaches on the theological implications of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the ultimate high priest, the Melchizedek of our soul. He enters the Holy of Holies. He absolves sin with the blood offering and the people are made righteous before God. In this instant, listen, when the church is being birthed to, 
Now the presence of God moves out of the Holy of Holies, out of the sanctuary, out of the outer courts, and into the hearts of his very own creation, you and I. 1 Corinthians 6.16 declares, for we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. You're the people of God. Why? Because God loves you. We are the temple of God. How's that even possible? Through Jesus Christ giving up his life and crying out. And his spirit, when his spirit left him, that veil was torn in two. Access was granted. Hope was anchored and grace made a way. And I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know the struggles that you're facing, but I want to encourage you right now where you're at to bow your head and to close your eyes in reverence to the Holy Spirit right now. I want to ask you, as your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed, to just listen to my voice. And I want to encourage you to make that living room, that bedroom, that car, wherever you may be listening from, to make it the place of an altar where you can surrender everything to the one who surrendered all to give you full access to his presence. If you would just, right now in this very moment, find a place to pray, find a place to repent, find a place to receive the miracle restoration power of God right now in your living room right now through your phone, right now through your TV set, that you would just receive the love of God in this very moment. But the people of Israel could only imagine seeing in their lives in the Holy of Holies would now exist in everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Romans 5.2 says, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I just want to pray for you right where you're at. You might be listening to me right now and maybe your, your heart's far from God. Maybe over the last couple of weeks, you've really found yourself in a really difficult place. Right now, this is an altar call moment. This is me encouraging you to turn away from the things that have turned you away from God. Repent from those things and turn back to God and allow his love to come back into your heart and allow yourself to be healed and restored by the love of Jesus. So I just want to pray with you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Father, for the access that was granted for everyone who calls on your name. I pray, Father, for every family represented right now. I pray, Father, for every husband and wife, for every teenager and child, for every single person and young adult. I pray that your Holy Spirit touch them right now where they stand and where they sit and where they kneel. God, that you would meet them, that you would meet them because we know that your promises are yes and amen. We know that we can boldly come before your presence in the throne room of heaven and ask, ask, because you've made a way for us to be able to ask. 
and you'll respond with yes and amen to the promises that you declared in your living word. We thank you, God, not just for the access granted, but for the anchoring of our hope secured. We are secured in Christ. We are immovable. No matter what storm hits, no matter what happens, God, we know that as long as we're anchored to the rock, which is our Savior, that we're going to be okay. Father, we thank you for the grace that you showed us through Christ, your Son, the greatest sacrifice ever given so that all of mankind could be redeemed and reconciled and atoned through the blood of Jesus. For those that would cry out and ask you to rescue them, we thank you for that, God. We thank you for that mercy. We thank you, Father, for that grace. We thank you for that love. We ask you, Father, for all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.